Good evening, good evening, good evening. I want to wish all of you guys from the bottom of my heart, from the bottom of my corazón, happy Back to the Future Day. Seriously, just you, man. It's you, all right? Today, I, um, it was the weirdest thing. I looked back, looked back at some, um, some photos from my childhood back before today because it was the past, not yet the present you see. And as I looked back into the past, into the photo black album, I realized fireflies. Every page before my eyes, and they disappeared. I don't know. That was just improv. That was off the dome. Where's Lipinski? That was off the dome, right? Thank you. Thank you. But uh, seriously, happy Back to the Future Day. This is the day that back in the day they came to in the movie. So in the movie Back to the Future, they came to October 21st, 2015. How many of you guys rode your hoverboard to church today? Good. You should have, right? How many of you guys are wearing the retro high tops? Let me see them. Who you guys should have wore the retro high tops, man. Have you guys ever thought? You're pre okay. All right. You're like, I'm wearing an iPhone on my wristwatch. What more do I need? They didn't predict that one, huh? Go ahead and open up your Bibles. We're in Matthew chapter 18 today. Shh, shh, shh. Go ahead and open up your Bibles. And on your chair, you guys should each have one of these. All right? You guys have one of these? Open up your sermon notes. This is, um, this is a fun message today, all right? I really enjoyed getting down and dirty with Matthew 18. So go ahead and open up your Bibles and your sermon notes here. Matthew 18, I got you. Matt can share the wealth. We're going to be Matthew 18, uh, and we're only going to do three verses today, okay? But, um, but what I want to talk to you about today is important. It's very important. As a matter of fact, it's something that you and I deal with, I would say, on a weekly basis, if not daily, and here's my question for you guys. Has anyone ever wronged you? Has anyone ever wronged you? Has there ever been a person in your life that they did something against you and it just left you speechless? Like, I'm talking about like they did you dirty. You know what I'm saying? Right? Okay, good, right? Have you guys ever had that? Short hands, short hands, right? Okay. My wife, when she was in, uh, in high school, she was a senior in high school, she's getting ready to graduate, she's going to go off to college, and my wife worked at Starbucks, right? Any baristas in here? Yes! yes Abby, yes! Right? Um, she, look at this, I like, I like quote people in that voice, and she didn't even like sound like that remotely. So my wife was a barista back in senior year of high school, and um, there was a shift supervisor who just didn't like my wife, right? It's one thing to not like somebody, it's like a whole other thing to do them dirty, you know what I'm saying, All right? And so this, this lady, she took it to the next level. She was a shift supervisor, and so she was responsible for the till at Starbucks. And one day, she's counting the money, and lo and behold, the money came up short, right? And so now who does that make look bad? Shift supervisor. So she goes at her when she goes, man, uh, I can't take the blame for this. So she goes and she tells every other barista in Starbucks, Jordan, she stole my keys and stole money out of the vault, right? She said, dirty, right? Dirty, mean girl style. And so she goes, she doesn't only tell one barista that, she goes and tells every other barista, Jordan, I, she took my, I know she did it. She took my keys and she stole money out of the vault. She told the boss, she told the, um, the store owner, it was, did her dirty. Did my wife take the keys? Absolutely not. 
You, if those of you who know my wife, there's no way she would do that, right? My friend, I wish you were there, right? And so she goes and tells everybody, Jordan is a thief. She's a liar. She shouldn't even have her job here. Dirty. Cutthroat. What would you do? What would you do? If someone, I'm not even, like, I'm not even talking about, like, someone, like, your, your arch enemy. I'm talking about your, one of your coworkers, one of your teammates throws you under the bus and sins against you. One of your people from youth group, the person you're sitting next to, they do you dirty. What would you do? And so here's, here's we got options, all right? Everybody say options. We got options. Here's, here's, here's what, here's, you guys are mumbling, and I'm going to summarize all of your teachings up right here, all of your answers, because this is what we do. When we get into conflict, when somebody comes and does us dirty and sins against us, this is what we do. Ready? Number one, let's do it like Family Feud style. Number one, gossip, gossip right? You know what gossip is? This is gossip. You sin against me. I'm angry. I'm mad. She did me dirty. And you know who I'm about to tell off? Everybody except for her. <laughs> And I go and be like, dude, you know what Whitley did? Do you know what Whitley did? Do you know what Whitley did? Oh my gosh, did you hear? And I talk to everybody and their mama except for Whitley. And now here's where it gets even crazier, friends, because in our day and age, we can now do this kind of gossip through social media, right? Subtweeting. You guys know what subtweeting is, right? I'm going to, here's what subtweeting is. I'm going to talk to everyone else about Whitley on a, twi- on a tweet post, on a Twitter tweet, on a tweet and I'm, not gonna, I'm just, I'm just not going to tag her in it. So I'm going to like use her handle without using the at symbol, right? So I'm going to talk about her so that Mason can see it, Elisa can, everybody can see it, but like, except for Whitley. Whitley. That's gossip, right? Here's another thing that we do. Here's another thing we do. We're talking about will you be my neighbor today, dude, right? Somebody does you dirty, and this is what you do. You be fake, right? Come up here, Tyler. Come up here, right? Come up here. Come up here, right? So Tyler, he goes to Union High School. You're a junior at Union High School, hypothetically speaking. You're in the band, let's just say. Let's say he plays guitar, right? Just hypothetically speaking. And I find out that Tyler did me dirty, right? He cu- I find out that Tyler, in school, told the rest of the band, fill it in, what did he tell the band? That I stole his drumsticks, right? And now everyone in the band thinks I'm a liar. And so here's what I do. I'm sitting at home. I'm at home hanging out here, and I'm like, Tyler, oh my gosh, I can't believe he did that. He ruined my reputation. Ding, the bell rings. Tyler, what's up, man? Oh, yeah, nothing. How you doing, dude? Yeah, okay, yeah. Hey, we're cool, man. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, good to see you, man. Have a great day. Hey, that guy. Right? We're fake. We go to the people that offend us, and we, hey, we're all cool. Dude, sticks and stones may break my bones, but drumsticks never hurt me. I mean, I don't care, right? And now it's on the inside, right? Let's keep going. Here's another thing that we do, right? We ignore them, right? We ignore them. Come here, Whitley, right? So she hurt me, right? Let's say we're good friends. Get up here, get up here, right? Let's say we're good friends, right? Every day we hang out. She's my friend. She stabbed me in the back. She hurt me. She sinned against me. And listen, I'm kind of joking up here, but you guys know what it feels like when somebody hurts you, right? 
Don't you know what it feels like when not just like anybody hurt you, that person hurt you. And now you know what? I don't even want to look at her. I'm just going to ignore her. So the next day in school, whatever, right? I ignore her. I pretend like she doesn't exist. That's another way that we handle conflict, don't we? Thank you. What else do we do, friends? What else do we do? We isolate and avoid. And so now you guys stand up, stand up, stand up. You four right here, stand up, stand up, right? Here's my crew. This is my group. Every morning I meet these guys in the homeroom. We're hanging out in the band room. We're hanging out by the lockers or whatever. And like now Jordan, though, I found out yesterday that Jordan hurt me. And so the next day when I wake up here and I come into school, I'm angry at Jordan, but I just, he just I don't even want to hang out with any of those people. I stay away from my whole community. And so now I'm not only going to isolate myself, from, from an individual, I'm going to avoid that whole community. This is my youth group. And I just found out that my youth group, they started telling um, some other girls, oh, yeah, he was talking about you and this. And I'm like, dude, now I'm embarrassed. And now I'm not even going to show up to youth group anymore. I'm going to avoid this community. You look at them. Form a circle. Be exclusive, right? Yeah, I'm going to avoid them anyway. You know what? I'm going to tell lies to myself to cover up the pain. I didn't even like being there anyway. And you know what? Who ne- There's other youth groups anyway. And then you know what? Like... I'll just find other friends anyway. Whatever, man. And then we isolate. No, no. And then we isolate and avoid, right? Thank you, guys. You can sit down. What else do we do? Not only do we isolate and avoid, we go, you know what? Oh, I'm going to get mine. I'm going to get mine, right? So listen, he told, right? She told every, she went up to all the boys in the youth group, and she told him that I liked, oh, my God. Like, that, but that's even petty. That's even petty. She, let's say, my friend, she was jealous of me, and so she went around the whole school and started spreading lies about my past and about my relationship history and about what I have done and what I haven't done. They wrote my name on the bathroom stalls. You know what I'm saying? Like, they wronged me, and so the only thing that I can do that makes sense is to fight fire with fire. And so you know what? Watch my Twitter account, because I'm going to get mine, right? Oh, he ruined my reputation? Watch me. Watch me. Now watch me. Now watch me. Watch me do, right? Because I'm going to ruin his reputation now. And so we get revenge. We want mine, right? And so none of these are appropriate, right? And listen, what I'm trying to tell you today, look, look, citizens, we're a family here, and this is, this, you guys have to get this. None of these are appropriate for this community because of who we are because of who we are. Each of us have received mercy from God. And friends, God doesn't do any of these to us. Every single one of you in here, I don't care if you're the nicest guy or the friendliest girl, each one of us, we have sinned against God. We have wronged him, right? We have offended God. And yet he doesn't do any of these things to us. You know what God has done? You know what God has done for you who have sinned against him? He sent his son Jesus to give you grace and forgiveness and so that those of you who put your faith in Jesus, he can reconcile you and him. He can reunite you with him. And so some of you guys in this room, that's where you're at. You're here because God, in his mercy, has sent Jesus Christ. You've put your faith in him and now you're reconciled. You're part of the family of God. When we put our faith in Jesus, you're a da- you become a daughter of God. You become a daughter of God. You become a son of God. That makes us brothers and sisters. We're a family. Some of you guys are there in this room. 
Some of you guys, right, you're here and you just, you're, you're not there yet. God is still pursuing your heart and he's telling those of you who have not joined the family of God, he's calling you saying, stop living for yourself, live for me and I'll make you a child of God. And that's who God is. Do you understand that, friends? That's who our God is. And so question for you, if God treated us like this, how should we treat people who wronged us? We have to pursue reconciliation. That's our only option. And so friends, because God pursues you, because God pursues you, pursue reconciliation. That's what we're talking about today. You have to pursue reconciliation. Let, let's talk about that. Re everybody say reconciliation. Reconciliation. If you say it like a Rastafari, it'll like stick more in your heart, right? Reconciliation. Reconciliation. That's the pronunciation for a Rastafari right there, right? Reconciliation. Here's what I mean when I say reconciliation. This is the formal definition. When two conflicting parties, come here, my friend, stand up, stand up, right here, stand up, here we go. Two conflicting parties, make a frowny face, or they're conflicting, you see that? Not sad, angry, angry, you're angry. You're the happiest angry person ever. You're adorable, oh my gosh, right? Two conflicting persons, they are reunited. Ha, smile, smile. All right? Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Tough crowd, tough crowd, right? They're reunited, restored to friendly terms. There is peace, right? Everybody say, reconciliation. All right? Here's my definition, right? This is from the hood, all right? This is the Ebonics version. When you can say, we cool, all right? Reconciliation is simply get to that point where, look at me, right? We, we used to be not here, right? Don't you dare look at me here, because we're not here. You, you offended me. You sinned against me. But now, after reconciliation, we cool, right? We good. There ain't nothing but love here, right? There ain't nothing but love here, right? We cool, right? Reconcile. That's reconciliation right there. Does that make sense? Everybody say it. Reconciliation. And so, and so citizens, it's, sim it's this simple. Simple message tonight. When someone sins against us, that's our goal. Our goal is to get to a place where we can say with each other, hey, we're cool. We strive for reconciliation. And so now, the question is very simple, huh? How do we do that? How do we, when we have all of these emotions inside of us, when we want to pursue all of these other avenues of conflict resolution, how do we make reconciliation our goal? How do we pursue it? How do we strive for it? The answer is the Matthew 18 routine. And so this is a passage that I was taught ever since I was a young boy. And citizens, I want this right now. I want you guys to just do a little bit of like an Iron Man for me. I want you to like, I want you to open up your heart because this is going to mark the, not literally, guys, really? Seriously? <laughs> Iron Man's not real, right? I want you guys to open up your heart because Matthew 18 routine, guys, this needs to become our DNA, all right? Because like I told you, like you, like you know, People offend us all the time. And so we need to be a community that pursues reconciliation because God has pursued us. And so let's dive into our three verses here today. Open up Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 17. And, uh, and here's what it says. Let's, let's look at it, all right? If your brother, 
Oh, brother. <laughs> if your brother sins against you, that's important. Remember that. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault. Between you and him alone, if he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he, oh my gosh, and if he still refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. All right, pretty simple. You guys get it? Let's wrap up here. Let's go home. And uh, just remember, do the Matthew 18 routine, okay? No, silly, I'm going to explain it to you. Crazy, right? Oh my gosh. So let's, let's break this down a little bit. Let's go back up to the top. Look at 15. If your brother sins against you, pause. If who sins against you? Do not be surprised by friendly fire. Guys, do you know what friendly fire is? Bang, bang. He shot me down. Bang, bang. I hit the ground. Bang, bang. It is a song, right? But listen. That's right. Thank you, Lila. Right? Friendly fire is I'm in a foxhole and I'm aiming at the enemy, but then Snoopy over here, he's also aiming at the enemy and he sneezes at the same time he shoots. Up right? And you're like, are you kidding me? Right? And he's like, I'm so sorry. Up and he does it again. And you're like, I'm going to shoot you. Literally. Right? Right? Revenge. Right? So listen, friendly fire is when the people on your team hurt you. And so, friends, right off the bat, look at what the text says. If your brother sins against you. Citizens, listen. Do not be surprised by friendly fire. The Bible, look, it says your brother. Like, I'm an only child. Joke's on you. Ha <laughs> ha. No, no, no. Brother does not mean your literal sibling. What does brother mean? Him, right? It, listen, the Bible says that when Jesus saves us, he makes us his children. So are you God's children, child? I'm God's child. What does that make us? Brothers. Boom. Right? Sister. Boom. We are a family, right? That's how the Bible describes us. And that even, oh, I love you, citizens. He calls us brothers and sisters. That's tight. That is cool. Man, what God has done in your life and in your life and in my life is so core to who I am that our relationship now is more important than your last name. Think about that. Those of you, ladies, those of you who follow Jesus, me and you have more in common as children of God than my sisters who do not follow Jesus. Do you understand that? That's how powerful this relationship is. And so we are brother and sisters, but if your brother sins against you. Hey guys, here's the reality. Here's the, the, the fact. Even people from within our own Christian family, they're going to wrong us. All right? You're like, man, that's not even a Christian. He hates Christians. He's an atheist. I expected that from him. But you, you, what? We're brother and sister. Even you wronged me? Reality check, citizens. Even those from within our own Christian family may wrong us. Think about it, right? How many different personalities do we have in here? How many different types of people do you have? Some of you guys love sports. Some of you guys think those who like sports are dumb. Some of you guys love... I mean, just there's so many different personalities in here. Sooner or later, we're going to get on each other's nerves. Sooner or later, I'm going to sin against you. Not you, Sam. You're the youth pastor. 
don't be surprised by friendly fire. Please don't. In a few months, we're going away to winter camp, right? February 11th through 14th. And for three nights and three days, we're going to be living together. Are you surprised that we may get on each other's nerves, <laughs> right? We're going away to winter camp. We're going to be packed in there close. We're going to be tired because we slept one hour over three nights. Are you surprised if we sin against one another? The Bible, James 3, 2, says that we all stumble in many ways. Who stumbles in many ways? We all stumble in many ways, which means we sin against one another. We can't be surprised by, by, by friendly fire. Does that make sense? Hey, citizens, listen, listen, listen. Does that make sense? Here's the problem with that. Friendly fire, when we sin against one another, that has the potential to break up our family. Are we a family? Listen, sin, when we sin against one another, when we do friendly fire, when I hurt Mason and he's like, dude, you're dead to me, right? Like when we do things inadvertently, like when we do things by accident, that has the potential to break up our family. It has the potential to divide us. Guys, that's why people leave youth groups. That's why people leave churches. That's why people leave friend circles because they sin against one another and it divides them. It breaks up the family. And citizens, we do not, we do not, we do not want that to be how we operate here. We do not want to be a group. I do not want you to be a group of people that are, that every time you're hurt, you leave. That every time your, your brother sins against you, you avoid them. We're a family. And we can't allow this to break up our family. I want you guys with all my heart to handle friendly fire in a mature way. I want it to be mature. Because what happens is we're at this age and we go, you know what? I can get away with it, right? People expect me to be immature. And so somebody hurts me, friendly fire. I leave the church. I leave the youth group and I'm never, I'm never heard from again. The problem is as you grow up, if you've never learned to handle that, you're going to be that 34-year-old person. You're going to be that 40-year-old person. You're going to be that 50-year-old person that has never learned how to handle conflict. And so now, as a 50-year-old man with your children and wife, instead of you leaving your youth group, you're going to leave your church, and you uproot your whole church, and now your kids are like, why are we leaving the church? And you're like, because I never learned how to handle conflict when I was a teenager. And you tell them just like that. And so please, I want you guys, grow up into a godly and mature young man and woman right? Learn how to handle friendly fire. And so G Jesus, oh, I, Jesus, I love you. Thank you. Jesus knows that, that sin has the potential to break us up. He knows that it has the potential to make us not be here. And so he says, guys, don't be surprised by friendly fire. Instead, look what he says. Instead, I want you to go and what? Everybody say go and? Go and tell him. Go and tell him his fault. Number two, personal confrontation is not optional, right? So here we go, right? Lipinski, he sins against me, and I'm sitting here in my room going, he should know. I can't believe he did this. You know what? Well, have you talked to him yet? No, I, don't, I shouldn't have to. He should know, right? What does the Bible say? Go and tell him. Friends, if somebody wrongs you, you need to go and let them know. If, if somebody, if a brother or a sister sins against you, you need to let them know that they've wronged you. Facing each other and having a conversation is not an option. It's what Jesus commands us to do. I'm guilty, right? I, I've had plenty of, of, of situations in my life where somebody has sinned me, sinned against me, 
And to this day, I've never talked to them about it. I've done all these. I've avoided them. I was fake around them. I ignored them. I talked behind their back. But guys, personal confrontation is not an option. We need to confront them. And if we confront them, that means ignoring them is not an option, right? Well, just, you know what? I'm just going to take the high road. I'm just not going to talk to them about it. I just, I'll just get over it. Dude, that's, that's, no. You have to give your brother the opportunity to repent, and that's only going to happen when we personally confront them. Have you ever had somebody wrong you, and you just kept it on the inside, and you didn't talk to them about it? And you're like, I'm just better than that, whatever, whatever. And you keep it on the inside? What does it do to you? What happens to your heart? When, when, when you're just like, you know what, Drew hurt me, but you know, I'm just not gonna, whatever. I mean, I'll just never talk to him again. You know, no big deal, right? And now it's like, I'm just, it's brewing, right? Like coffee percolating in my heart. And I'm just like growing bitter and I'm growing angry. And now every time somebody else even mentions his name, oh, I was talking to Drew and what am I doing in my face, right? What am I doing when somebody else mentions his name, <sighs> right? And eventually it just starts coming out more and more to finally somebody says, oh, I was talking to Drew. Oh, that guy, right? It's just, you can't keep it on the inside. If you keep it on the inside, your heart becomes hard. You're start, it just, it's bitter and frustrating. And so Jesus, knowing that, he says, go and tell him. Here's another thought. What if the person that has wronged you doesn't even know that they wronged you? Have you ever had that happen before? Dude, has anybody ever come up to you and said, hey, like, you hurt my feelings and you didn't even know? Dude, when I was a teenager, I was notorious for this, right? I... I wish you guys would have known me as a teenager. Well, maybe not. You wouldn't respect me now. But as a teenager, I was the kind of kid who was just like, I was just loud and obnoxious. And I just like, I just didn't really didn't think. I just didn't really care. You know what I mean? Uh, I, didn't, I wasn't very aware of how I came off. And so I had this, this gift, if you will, to where like I would make people cry. And I didn't even know. Like I wasn't even like trying. Like, so my youth pastor, she came up to me once. I was like a junior in high school. And she comes up to me and she's like, visibly concerned. And she's like, Sam, is it true that you said such and such and such to Millie? And I was like, yeah, I guess. She goes, she's crying upstairs right now in the, in the, in the, in the auditorium. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I just, I didn't even know. Like, I remember this one time I made a, a, just an off-the-cuff comment where she was wearing a dress. And like, you know how like some of those dresses have shoulder, like the shoulder pads in them, right? To like make them round. You know what I'm talking about? Like, some dresses have that, right? And so I was like, whoa, shoulder pads, football player, boom, boom, right? And I was like, oh, yeah. And it's just, I just said the first thing that came to my mind. And she, not knowing her background, not knowing her temperament, she went upstairs and was bawling. Sam called me ugly. He made fun of my dress, yada, yada, yada. Did I mean to offend her? No. <laughs> was I trying to make her cry? Because she followed the Matthew 18 routine, she, said, she went and told him, his fault, now I'm at least aware of it. So friends, somebody wrongs you, you have to tell them. What if they didn't even know, right? And now, and now here's the other one of you guys, right? Because this is me. Some of you are in the crowd and you're like, oh, I got no problem with confrontation, right? Oh, I'll tell him. I'll tell him, right? My mom is Puerto Rican. This is how I grew up, right? I'm imitating my mom right now. She goes, I'll tell him. And so what they do is they go, and in the, in the, in the name of being real, <laughs> in the name of, I'm just doing what Jesus told me, I'm going to tell him, right? And really, there's a difference between telling him and telling him off, right? And so what you're doing, those of you who like confrontation, you're going and going, oh, let me tell you what you did to me. 
And, and really, you're not pursuing reconciliation. You're actually pursuing revenge because he hurt you, and so now you want to hurt him. You want to shame her. You want to tell her how she did you wrong and dirty, right? Does that make sense? Am I, am I talking to you guys here? Do you get, like, have you ever been wronged? Have you never tried doing these things? I'm telling you, friends, pursue reconciliation. And the way that you have to do that is not, don't be surprised by friendly fire. Don't be surprised. And then personal confrontation is not an option, right? So you need to tell him. Everybody say, tell him. You need to tell him. But how do you tell him? How do you tell him? With words, good. How do you? <laughs> you write him a letter, no? How do you tell him? A text, okay. Huh? Sign language, wow, we're degrading here. Let's see what Jesus has to say, okay? This is what Jesus says. He says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault. How? Between you and him alone. Our first move is one-on-one, all right? So some of you guys go, oh, I'll tell him, right? And the rest of the world, right? (laughs) Open letter, right? Dear Monique on Facebook, you hurt me deep, girl. I can't believe that you went ahead and told such and such this thing and this and the other thing and bat, bat, boom, ba, bat, bat, bang, right? Post. I told him, love you, Jesus. Oh, man. No. Guys, one-on-one. Our first move is to be one-on-one. We go to our brother and sister, right, directly. So Tyler, stand up again. Stand up, right? We go, we go to our brother and sister when he's offended me. And I'm doing this really practical here. Be angry. Look angry, right? Look mean. Sure. Yeah, there you go, right? And so he was, he's not an angry person. And so I wake up in the morning and I go, you know what? I'm going to do it like Jesus said. I'm going to go tell him. And my temptation is I'm going to bring all my friends with me, right? So you got my posse here you're right behind me, right? So I'm going to go tell him. Right? You got my back? You got my back, man? All right, come on, come on. Here we go. Here we go. Ready? I'm going to go tell him. Hey, yo, Tyler. Hey, Tyler, I got to tell you something, man. And I'm only telling you this, fool, because Jesus told me to. So, like, yo, you wronged me, man. You wronged me. You're dead to me, right? No, no, I'm just kidding, right? That, that, what are you doing up here? What are you doing? Come on, come on. What are you doing, right? Sit down. What are you doing? You didn't need me anyway? I know, right? But that's what we want to do. We want to come, and, and we want to make sure that the world knows so that we have justice. But, guys, we have to tell them one-on-one, right? Be honest. Wouldn't you appreciate that? If you sinned against somebody, even if you didn't know it, wouldn't you appreciate them coming and talking to you one-on-one, not spreading your business all over school? So it's like, I'm going to go tell Isaac what he did to me. And then you go, and then Isaac goes, bro, I'm so sorry. I didn't even realize that. Uh, Have you told anybody else? Yeah, like my whole homeroom, but I'll go tell them that you're cool now, right? It's like, what? (laughs) Can we not, like, handle this one-on-one before spreading it out, before spreading our business everywhere? Let me ask you guys a question. When somebody sins against you, what's your tendency? Like, like think about this for a second. Everybody, everybody look, look on the inside, right? Look on the inside. When people sin against you, what's, your, what's usually your first move? Is your heart, does your heart automatically jump to revenge and you're like, I'm going to get them. Or maybe some of you guys are more mild and you're like, you know what? My first move is I'm just going to ignore I'm going to ignore them. I'm going to isolate myself. I'm just not going to go there anymore. I don't like confrontation, so I'll avoid it. What's your tendency? I'm curious. I want you guys to think about that. I want you guys to talk about that in breakout groups, all right? My, my tendency, I'll be transparent here. My tendency is that, like, I tend to get passive. You know, I can just, like, totally avoid them and just ignore it. And, like, man, they hurt me. But you know what? Like, 
I'll just let it stew on the inside anyway. I don't care. That's my first one. I don't care. Whatever. And I'm lying to myself. Because even if it's not that big of a deal, and I'm just like, you know what? Like, they sinned against me, and like, I know it's wrong, but like, I'd rather just let it stew than do the hard work of conflict. Jesus, we got to do what Jesus tells us to do. We have to tell him, right? And we have to do it one-on-one. Why is it that in our generation, one-on-one confrontation is like the last step, right? Like most of you guys, and I'm sure you've experienced this in school, you tell everybody else about it. You be fake to their face for a couple weeks. After two weeks of brewing on it, you're just angry, so you would just ignore them. Then you start avoiding all of them, uh, of all of them like, altogether. And then you're like, why should I be the one that doesn't have any friends? I'll make sure that they know about him. And then you go, you know what? I'll just talk to them. (laughs) Okay. But that's not the first step, right? Our first step, go and tell him. Everybody just say, go and tell him. It's simple. It's super, super simple. All right. And so look what it says here. Our first move is one-on-one. Go and tell him, you and him alone. If he listens to you, If he listens to you, if he looks at you with humility and goes, my bad, you're right. If he responds well, you have gained your brother. What's the opposite of gain? Lose. That means that this approach is the difference between gaining and losing a family member. Your brother, he goes and sins against you. And right now, what's on the, what's on the cusp of happening? You're about to lose your brother. Evan, he sinned against me. I'm angry. This has the potential to divide us. This has the potential to break up our family. I'm about to lose a brother. But Jesus is saying that if we do this, this can be the difference between gaining and losing a brother. If he responds properly to the confrontation, we've actually helped him because now he can repent. Now he can come around and say, you know what? You're right. I didn't know that. Thank you for confronting me. All right? None of these other methods are going to accomplish that goal. What, what would happen? If I, if I gossip about someone, am I going to gain my brother? I'm going to lose my brother, right? If I take out revenge, am I going to gain my brother? Am I going to achieve reconciliation? Totally not. Not at all. All right, and so we've gained our brother. And again, that, that's the only goal that we can have here. Otherwise, we'd be hypocrites. We've been reconciled to God. We've received mercy. And so we don't want to be hypocrites. We can't be fake. We can't be people that come here on a Wednesday and go, man, I've received grace from God, but I'm not going to give grace to others, right? So let's, let's end with this. What if you do all these things? You're like, Sam, I followed the Matthew 18 routine. I talked to him. I talked to her one-on-one. I did things right, and she still didn't listen. I talked to him, bro, and he was like, man, you're tripping, man. Like, I didn't do that. Like, it's not a big deal. No, I'm not sorry. Grow up. Suck it up. What happens if they do that? We're talking about brothers here. We're not talking about kids from school that don't know Jesus. We're talking about right here, the kid sitting next to you. You tell him his sin, and he goes, man, I'm not, no, I don't apologize. I'm not repenting of that. What do you do then, right? Jesus tells us. He goes, if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. So I go, Tyler, you wronged me. No, I didn't, man. Get out of here. So I'm going to grab my, one of my youth leaders. I'm going to grab a youth pastor or maybe a mature upperclassman, and I'm going to go, hey, like, we, we really need to talk about this. Can you help us facilitate a conversation, right? If he refuses to listen, so the first he was like, no, I'm not listening to you. 
You come with another person? He goes, no, I'm still, get away from me. I refuse to listen to you. Tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen, even to the church, how hard does your heart have to be for you to not apologize after being confronted by two or three witnesses, let alone the church? If he refuses, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. And so here's the final point. We don't ever give up on reconciliation. Citizens, pursue reconciliation. Everybody say it. Reconciliation. I want you to pursue it. And we never give up on reconciliation. We don't give up after one attempt. And so Jesus, he actually lays out these four steps. And it's actually kind of cool. Number one, one-on-one, right? Guys, check it out here. We're ending here. First step, one-on-one. Go and tell your brother. Go and tell your sister, you've wronged me. Step number two, grab another person and confront them. So in this community, if your brother sins against you and, they don't, and you approach him, they don't listen, grab a youth leader. That's what it looks like in this community. Grab a youth staffer. Grab a mature upperclassman, right? A student leader and say, hey, I, I, I really just like, we need to talk about this. I, I, you've wronged me and, and this hurts, right? And maybe the youth leader can help you facilitate reconciliation. Number three, they still don't listen. And now it says, bring someone who refuses to repent before the church. So let me, let me tell you what this would look like. Imagine there's a guy in the congregation, he cheats on his wife, right? Let's say like, and he's just like, he, he cheated on his wife with his neighbor and he is like hard heart, yeah. He's hard heart, he's like, whatever, it's not my fault, right? And so his wife goes and grabs one or two others and she does step two with him saying, we just, we need to reconcile, this is wrong. We need to like repent and fix this. And he goes, no, forget, I'm not in the wrong, just leave me alone to his wife. And so then step three is that a pastor, the leaders, the elders, they would bring him before the church members, right? They'd bring the church members together and go, guys, this is our brother here, and like, our brother is refusing to repent, and so we're appealing to you, please repent. Like, you're, you're, you're harboring sin. Sin threatens to break up this family. We're asking you to repent. Even still, his hard heart says stiff arm to the church. No, I'm not sinning, guys. Just, I'm fine. Let's forget about it. Church family at that point. And I've never seen this happen. Like, I've never seen someone come to the point where they are so hard of heart that they won't repent here. But if it were at that point, then it says treat him like he's not part of the family. Treat him like they're not part of the family. But I, wait, I thought Jesus told us to never stop pursuing reconciliation. Why would you just kick him out? You gotta catch this, right? This is the last point here. By, 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 by not treating him like a family member, you're actually still pursuing reconciliation because you're removing the grace of community. You're not letting him come and be a part of the community and act like everything is good when everything's not. So you're letting him feel the cold on his back, so to speak. You're letting him understand that he's harboring sin that can break up the community. And so the point is that even then, he would come to his senses and be reconciled and go, wait a minute, I'm being treated like I'm on the outside. I'm being treated like I'm not a family member. I want to be in the family. And so Jesus has outlined this Matthew 18 routine so that you, young men, you guys can be mature and godly men and pursue reconciliation with each other. Young ladies, Jesus has outlined Matthew 18 so that you will not fall to the temptations of cattiness and gossip and all those things that mark immature young ladies. So you can be mature and godly, responsible young women who honor and please Jesus. All right, guys? And so because God pursues you, 
I'm calling you guys, pursue reconciliation, all right? Pursue reconciliation. We're going to head to breakout groups here in a moment, um, right? Can we do that now? Yeah? So we're, we're going we're gonna to head to breakout groups. And as you do, everybody take out your sermon notes. <clears throat> On the back here, I want you guys to, um, to discuss these questions, all right? So uh, let's get that, that chart up there. Let's do this, Justin. Let's get our um, breakout group chart up. And, uh, and you guys know where to go. Everybody will actually exit through this hallway right here. And then uh, the guys, you'll see your signs. I think Jesse put them up on the, on the door. And then, um, and then the ladies, you'll keep walking with your youth leader, all right? So let's stand to our feet. Let's pray. And, um, and then head to breakout group. Stand up with me. Stand with me. Thank you.